Thank you for listening to another episode of the Shed Geek Podcast here at Union Grove Lumber Studios. To know more about the Shed Geek Podcast, visit us at shedgeek.com. And for all your lumber needs, call one of the team members at 704-539-5506 or visit us online at uniongrovelumber.com. Today's episode is brought to you by ShedsForSale.com. ShedsForSale.com will be the shed industry's only comprehensive website for buying and selling sheds online. While social media such as Facebook, Marketplace, and standalone dealer websites have their place in this industry, ShedsForSale.com will be easier to use and provide higher local visibility for dealers and their associated manufacturers. Let the shed industry's strength in numbers drive traffic to your place of business through ShedsForSale.com. Sheds don't sell themselves, but ShedsForSale.com does. Launching late summer 2021. Welcome, all you shed geeks. We are here with the one, the only, Sam Bassiter. Hey. <laughs> Why are you breathing all hard into the mic? I was trying to, like, you know, be like a fan, like, woo <laughs> I Can am. I do the woo? Sam! Yeah, yeah do, do the, the woo. woo. Try the woo. Woo! That's better than Shannon. Shannon sucks at it. So. Woo! Shannon's is like, woo! You know, I don't get paid for this. And then Shannon's like, <laughs> no, you'll do it. No, you nailed nothing. <laughs> I piece thought of I styrofoam. <laughs> so, so let's let's give the audience the setting. Yeah. What is it? Eleven thirty at <laughs> night. We don't want to do this. Uh, setting. Ten forty-five. Whatever. It's yeah. Close enough. Yeah. It's, it's midnight up. at home. Yeah. It's midnight somewhere. Yeah. In Montgomery. And we're in Waco. Yeah. Texas. Texas. And I Just hotel. had a good day. Yeah, had a yeah. real good day. Yeah, man, lots of fun out there. So, Sam, we finally got you. Like on the podcast, I think we had to corner you here. You're literally um, in the room. You're literally I'm in definitely the corner. in the corner. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I can't even get out. Uh, Man, it's so it's a lot of fun having you here. All kinds of uh, haulers maybe are going to be waiting in anticipation of what Sam's going to say. Oh, everyone oh. in the industry. I thought you were going to say they're waiting. They're anticipating the end. Sam, it's Sam. No, we don't need to tell that story. It was cold. <laughs> I feel like you have more stories than anybody. I have a lot. I don't know that. So the more I get to meet people in this industry, the more I realize how many stories are out there. Yeah. And, yeah, so for the first five or six years, I felt like I was the only guy. And it's amazing how many other people say the same thing. Yeah. You've, they're, they're, they talk about that. You've done like a really good job, I like to say, either on accident or on purpose, like building a name in the industry. And you're so good at it, I'm not sure which one. I think you're doing that on purpose. I think it's both. I'm not sure. True story. I think it's on accident and on purpose at the same time. So generally speaking. That would be really good. Yeah, you're really, really good if you can do it. If you can do it on, on purpose, accident, accidentally. On purpose, yeah. That's kind of like how I got into shed hauling. Yeah, tell me. Yeah, yeah. let's let's hear it about was, that. How did you accident. get into shed hauling? How old were you when you delivered your first shed, Sam? Well, now that's, yeah, that's a different story. Okay, just tell the audience though for um, us. 
So I would have been seven years old. <laughs> like a folklore legend. <laughs> and, yeah, we were, I don't know. Our family always just, you did whatever it took. If it meant driving a tractor at five years old while your dad loaded hay on the wagon or grandpa did, that's what you did. So we were living in northern Missouri. And dad had started building some sheds. And for some reason, I was the guy that used our little, we had a lawnmower that was our mule. Um, It was a little wizard. I'm still partial to wizard lawnmowers, even though I don't know if they even exist anymore. Because we had a little 16-horsepower twin something or another. I don't know what it was. Supposedly had more power that we actually had to put, like, extra weight on the back of it and stuff. And we used that to drag the buildings out, drag them around on the lot wherever we needed them. And it was my job to load the buildings on the trailer. And then I would most times go with Dad to deliver them, I guess because my older brother, he was always stuck at the shop still working. So for some reason, I had loaded this building this day, and uh, an individual showed up, which wasn't that unusual for people to stop at Dad's shop all the time. He he pretty much knew everybody. And all of a sudden, he realized we were supposed to have took this building out, and it was still there. And he's like, hey, can you run that building down there and drop it off at I don't remember what the guy's name was. It was a guy we knew. And Missouri had these really nice big gravel roads that you just kind of drove all the time anyway. You went and cut firewood. You brought it back. You took the trash down, whatever. And so I did. I just hopped in the truck, took it about six miles down the road and dropped it off. And the guy come out and he's like, where's your dad? Oh, he's back at the shop. Somebody's there, and he's talking to him. Oh, okay. You know where to put it? Yeah, well, tell me where you want it, and I'll set it up. So I did. Set it up, leveled it up, made sure his doors worked. At, at seven. At seven years old. That's, that's ridiculous. <laughs> so there's and another. awesome at the same time. That's a. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I hope uh, we don't have child labor laws or anything like that anymore. Do we? Yeah. I mean. Yes. So, yeah, that was uh, – I built my first shed when I was probably two years old. Um, <laughs> Are you serious? My, my I great- don't know whether to laugh <laughs> because I'm like, what if he comes out with a story and, like, there's or, some proof to it. And I'm like – Oh, there's is- proof. Laugh or, ba- <laughs> laugh or bow down. I'm not sure. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, shout out to uh, Byler Barnes in Virginia. That was uh, – the guy that started it was my great, great uncle, uh, Benny Byler. And I remember, yeah, one of my earliest memories was playing in his shop. And I would take one little square two by four and one little 45 two by four and set it on top of the other one and beat a nail in it. And I had a barn. At two. So I was a good shed builder. So were you like, um, Six foot at two years old as well, or were you just a little? Oh, that's that's funny. So when I graduated school, I was the shortest guy in school. No way, really? Yep. I was four foot 11. So I was I, a little dude. I, I actually, my eighth grade year, I played center for our basketball team, 
and I never grew after that. That's interesting. So you're the same size as what you are in eighth grade? Yes. I have I have pictures of being like the tallest kid on the baseball team and everyone else is like doing this move where they're shorter or on the front row. Hmm. And then every one of those guys are taller than me now. <laughs> this is a really fun podcast. <laughs> Talking you, uh, about my height. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do more of so, this. Talk about my weight next. Come on, somebody. I was going to say, you might be the same height, but you're uh, a lot rounder than yeah, you are. I'm, I'm bald. What else you got, guys? <laughs> What else not, you want to I'm do? I'm not bald. <laughs> so I will say that. Sam, you said that, you know, getting in the hauling was a was a a weird or a true. A, a different tell us tell us about that. I kinda sidetracked you, sorry. So yeah, so after we left Missouri, we moved to Kentucky. We never did barns anymore. Um and then let me think. In December of eighty nine I left Kentucky and moved to Georgia and started doing construction work down there. That's what I was doing in Kentucky with my dad. And to fill in the gaps down there, I would build barns. I'd build one barn, set it out beside the road that had a traffic count of about four cars a day. And when that barn would sell, I'd deliver it, and I'd build another one. So there was always a barn sitting out there for about two years. And then I got busy enough I didn't need it, so I quit doing it. And then in 2008, when pretty much everything in the residential building world came to a screeching halt, I went back to trucking again and actually drove over the road for the better part of a year. And I remember coming home... um, I used to, yeah, no, we're not going to get into that. But I remember coming home one time telling my wife that something has to change. I'm not doing this again. And, uh, like, the next, just a couple days after that, one of my buddies there um, asked me if I wanted to haul trusses for them part-time because it had gotten so bad they couldn't have a driver full-time. So they had gotten rid of their full-time people. Even the shop wasn't building all the time they were building part-time a lot of days they'd be done by lunch and I said sure I said oh yeah if you need trusses hold you know I'll haul them when you need them done or whatever and I don't think we had done that for more than about two weeks and uh it's interesting they were a partnership and if you read the article in the shed builder magazine you know I don't much care for partnerships but um one of the partners come in and uh, he was like, uh, you ever think about hauling barns? And I kind of chuckled a little bit, and I'm like, well, I've done some. What are you thinking? Well, one of the builders that they had been buying trusses from decided that he was going to start selling sheds for a manufacturer that was going to bring him sheds. But they needed somebody to do the deliveries and since I was hauling trusses part-time why wouldn't I haul their sheds so I was like well got nothing better to do so we started hauling sheds and what year was that 2009 2009 I think I need my wife here she keeps dates better than me so yeah you're like um 
my daughter calls you Sam the man. She also calls you like the evil scientist looking guy. Hey, you know what? Um, I can this this is a good time to get a little revenge back on somebody. Oh, okay. So uh there's a guy up in North Carolina that everybody seems to like and he's kinda punny. In fact he thinks he's very punny. Um but his kids, they call me the old man. That's Mott's kids. Really? Yeah. Good old I'm not, Mott's. I'm not quite sure how they ever picked up on me being an old guy, unless somebody told them that. Oh, it's a complete mystery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so we're, are we closer in age, or would, I don't know, how old are you? Oh, yeah, we got you on the podcast. Yeah. How old are you? That's a good question. I'm as old <laughs> as my hair and a little older than my teeth. I think uh, I think I might be. Me and Kyle might be closer, but you've definitely got me. He's got you by 10 years. About 10 years or so. <laughs> I am not the old man. You are in this room. Yeah. <laughs> it would be a shame for y'all to wake up tomorrow morning and find out y'all got beat up by an old man. Uh, it wouldn't be a shame. That'd just be my every Thursday. Story of my hey, life, we could talk. A, we could talk about cabin dolly wheels. <laughs> Let's not do that. We don't have to go there. Uh, he said you loaded those by yourself. Yes. That's a lie. Me and Kyle threw our back out. When Taking we them off them. the yeah. easy way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, gravity was on our side. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that was, was great. That wasn't fun. So tell me, tell me about the brotherhood. Like, so when I when I first met Sam, like you know, it was through Facebook. I'm watching this guy, and uh, yeah. you might not even know this. Like, uh, you, you know, like I remember being at the. Uh, I said, I think I was at one of the the expos, one of the shed shows, and you were sitting on a trailer, and you had a group of guys around you. I mean, you know, probably eight, ten, twelve guys uh-huh. was talking to you, and you were kind of, you know, center of attention, so to speak. I guess you'd say, or at least uh, everybody's like kind of picking your brain, asking questions. Um, and I thought about going over and introducing myself, and I kind of felt like the odd ball at that point. And I was like, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wait till the time's right and sort of introduce myself to this guy. I sent you a message uh-huh. <laughs> on Messenger. <laughs> good introduction you just started working with us a, a a bit ago and one night we're talking and you said oh hey look you sent me a message two years ago i didn't reply to <laughs> i wondered if you'd remember that <laughs> and that's, i was like oh yeah no, that's I'd... the same byler people don't know about <laughs> oh no they know there's plenty <laughs> this is me introducing myself or something and it's like oh look you sent me a message two years ago oh I was like, well, thank you for building up my ego there and responding to me <laughs> accordingly. <laughs> so I was trying to figure out a little bit where we first met online. I haven't quite put all those pieces together. Um, was you? I knew both of y'all were around for quite a while. Um, I knew you were both spiritual guys. By your Facebook posts, but I'm not I'm not quite sure whatever prompted. Like most of my Facebook friends, um, I don't have near as many as a lot of people do, but I have a lot more than a lot of people do. Also, and the weird thing about mine, most all of them, I can pretty much tell you why 
and when they got there. But for some reason, you you two guys are kind of like an old pair of jeans. It's like a mystery. Like I don't, you've just always been there. I don't really know. I don't know which one of you showed up first, and I don't know which one like what it's. Well, I have bad memories of Kyle, so I can't go there a whole lot. <laughs> he talked me into doing some regrettable stuff, so there is that. We can't <laughs> talk about that on air. <laughs> Well, I'm going to guess Kyle anyway. He's he's more active on social media than I am probably. So I'm going to guess that you probably. But now when we were selling, we were we were both pretty active, but we were learning. We were sponges taking it in. Yeah. I remember one particular video before the Belvedere bash. We we didn't get a chance to make it. We were going to. And I think you had like some um just like a whole bunch of boxes or something and you were doing a live video. I got so tickled watching the video. Be- mm-hmm. Because you just walk out and you're like, "Look at this! Look at all this stuff!" <laughs> and some Noah's uh, the one that got canceled. That's what it was. Everything was lining up, and then yep. like Pennsylvania, you're going to mm-hmm. go to Pennsylvania, and it got pushed back. And you're like, "Look at all this!" <laughs> and it's captivating watching your live video. And I'm just, <laughs> I'm just laughing so much because I see you sort of through. Uh, those eyes too it's like this larger than life guy to be honest with you i've got a chance to hang out with you a little bit now and i enjoy it i enjoy it whenever you're around other people in the industry uh and you have a voice and i appreciate that you use it for good um i appreciate that you use it to move the industry forward um but you truly are kind of one of those larger than life type characters that is just kind of cool to to hang around I'm, i'm riding on your coattails a little bit here somebody <laughs> says uh sam and i'm like yeah yeah i know sam and they're like oh you know sam and then they pay attention a little bit more <laughs> so you've earned that that doesn't come without some blood sweat and tears yeah, no man. it doesn't i've uh i've been to a barbecue where people asked me if i was sam's driver so uh, <laughs> a shed hauler that has a driver yeah that's so funny. i need to buy a limo <laughs> I'm not sure how I would ever pay for it. Is there like <laughs> junky ones? I don't know. That you can get for cheap. Oh, I'm but sure. But then I'd have to have a mechanic along, but we'd have room. Yeah. So, yeah, I had four or five people say, so, um, are you, you just drive Sam are you, are you Sam's driver? You just drive him like from back back and forth wherever he goes? And I'm like, yeah, pretty much. That's me. Did you so. just kind of give up on the, oh, no, we work together. And then it, after well, a while, first like, it was like, at first it was like, no, I mean, we work together. And like, oh, okay. Then by like the tenth guy, I'm like, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, I'm his driver. I'm Sam, his driver. Sam's the reason we came up with the Shed Liberty. Name. Yes, it, that's kind of where it started. You really are. You you really are that. We were joking around about it one day, and we said that was like four years dude ago. Dude is a Shed Liberty, like, and we're just kidding around, and we're like, no, seriously, people really enjoy being around him, watching him, and he and he helps to lead the industry in the right way. Tell me about the Brotherhood. How did that get started? Where, where does where's the origins of that? Like we, I can tell you like how the podcast and Shed Liberty and all that stuff mm-hmm. really actually starts. But where does the idea for like the Brotherhood? Where does that come from? Blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah. So a couple of years ago, well, you know what? It was after the Tennessee Bash. Um. The Tennessee Bash pulled people. It's it's hard to even put into words what 
what happens. So we knew we were going to have a good time. We were going to have a bunch of fun. We were going to learn how people do stuff different. That's the whole point of the competitions is to see how people do different things. And shed haulers do really good at thinking outside the box. That's why you can't just go hire anybody to do it. You have to have a guy that not only has a get-it-done attitude, but he knows how to think outside the box. Like, what does he have to do to make this happen? And by doing competitions, everybody's basically having to do the same thing, but they all do it their different way, whatever circumstance. And a lot of it comes from the experience that they've been dealt or given that makes it that way. So anyway, that we knew that was going to happen. But what happens at the bashes that nobody can really put into words afterwards and they just say, well, you had to be there, Yeah, is, the, is, is that. You can't really tell anybody what happens. Um, the camaraderie that comes out of it, that all of a sudden competitors are working together. All of a sudden they're helping each other out. They're sharing their trade secrets because – they're figuring out that it's a whole lot better for the whole industry. It's better for themselves to work with people than it is to work against people. Yeah. So I I honestly believe if it wouldn't have been for the Tennessee Bash, the Brotherhood would have never started. And that's based on the fact that a couple months after that, um, one of the older guys in the industry, it's been around a long time, made a post one night on Facebook about uh, the SHB, um, the Shed Haulers Bash, is what SHB originally stood for and still does. Um, We've given it some other tags, too. Um, But he got on there, and he was poking fun at me. It's amazing. All my trademark names that I should have, they all come from people poking fun at me. And I learned a long time ago, you can either embrace it or fight it, and it'll last forever. Um, so you're just better off in embracing some stuff. And, but he come on there, and he was kind of poking at me, and he's like, uh, you know what, we should start this thing called Sam's Handy Bank, <laughs> SHB. Mm-hmm. And uh, the response that he got off that post was crazy. It wasn't – it was like somebody just fueled a fire. And it you couldn't just say no to it. Um, and within a couple of weeks, we had like three extremely odd situations that arose to where we had to raise some funds fast if we were going to put our money where our mouths were. And we literally raised over $30,000 in 24 hours. The problem was somebody had to handle it. Uh And... My PayPal got shut down. I still don't have Facebook. Like, you can't pay me on Facebook Messenger. It's still shut down. It's been shut down for years. Um, PayPal shut down. My Cash App shut down. I opened a Venmo account. It got shut down. Everything that we could use to collect money from was almost froze the first day. So then we even tried sending it directly to the people we were trying to help, and that froze up. And... So it was like, hey, you know what? Clem had a pretty good idea. We need to start something. And I look at Joseph. Um, Joseph's one of my top heroes in the Bible. Um, 
next to Nehemiah. Nehemiah is my favorite guy. But Joseph, um, when he got the whole vision that there's going to be good years and then there's going to be bad years, what did he do? He stored up. And that was the idea behind the brotherhood. You know, if we would if we would go ahead and raise the money and have it available, how much faster could we get a hauler back on the road? Instead of having to wait three days for PayPal to clear money or whatever, it just it just made it to where it was so much easier. And then the response that we got back off of that was phenomenal. Um, and, yeah, we're coming up on our – Second anniversary, and it's, yeah, I could take an hour talking about what all it's doing and where it's going, but it is definitely headed in a good direction. So on top of the Shed Holler Bash, the Brotherhood, you do the the app. You've got the app going right now for the Shed Locator. Yep. If someone wants to find out about that, contact you, but... um. Just don't use Messenger. It might take me two years to get back to you. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> so so tell me a little bit about it. What's the idea behind it? I mean, what's the goal? What's the purpose? That, you know, there, there's another one that came off of uh, one of the other Facebook pages, uh, Sheds United, which officially was not started to be a page where you find buildings that are being sold that are on rent done. That is what it's become, much as I don't want it to be that. Um, but same thing, somewhere along the line there, somebody made up a post about we need a central database, uh-huh. a place where each rent-to-own company can put their rent-to-own contracts on in a database so that when a hauler shows up to move a building, it's either marked by address, name, whatever, and... When he shows up, he knows whether it's a cash sale or rent to own. Because I, I, the first six years I was hauling sheds, I moved a lot of personal move sheds. And there was many a time that I was pretty sure that the shed was, you know, so I was moving it for the buyer. And I'd go pick it up and I'd be like, bet this thing's on a rent to own contract. And if I knew whose shed it was, I would call them and try to find out. A lot of times I wouldn't get an answer. So I'd drop it off and put in my notes where I'd put it. So if I ever heard from somebody or whatever, we kind of knew where it was at. And that was back before we had any Facebook groups. So there's no telling how many sheds disappeared back then. I don't know. Um, but the idea was if we have a central, like people, we we see this in our job today. People are, if, if I see anything in 2020 and 2021 that's changing big in the shed industry is everybody is trying to get a system working form that's their own. Um, they're all working on it. They're either spending all kinds of money building their own. They're using somebody else's, but they're all using a system. That's all fine and good, but none of those systems are talking to another system. And there was many a time that if somebody would have picked up the phone and called me and asked me about a customer, I would have been more than happy to tell them, don't sell that customer a building. But rent to own, just due to the fact of the way the business itself runs, does not communicate with other rent to own companies. If you have a central database where all that info is in, 
you could track everything. Even if everybody has a great system working, that's even better because then we can communicate with that system. But you have a way to keep track of all your rent dome buildings. And you do that by getting the drivers to enter the info. And you motivate the driver by giving him a good scheduling and invoicing app. Something that when he comes home at night, he doesn't have to spend 30 minutes filling out invoices or he waits till Saturday and spends half his Saturday when he should be fishing with his kids or whatever. He's not spending half his Saturday writing up all his invoices and getting them out. We A one push button to invoice and it goes straight to where it needs to go and you're done. So on top of the bash, the brotherhood, the app, I mean – Co-worker for us, Shed Liberty. Man, what else you got going on? Like, uh, Sam Ambassador Trucks. Sam Ambassador Trucks. <laughs> like, you're just a busy dude. Yeah, there's a saying that you're burning your candle at both ends. Uh-huh. I found out a way to make mine to where it burns at six ends. <laughs> so. It's impressive. So. I, I don't like chewing my fingernails. I've been to a few places where, I mean, you've been working with us at SmartPay now for almost a year. Almost a year. But every really? time we go somewhere, people still don't know that you work for SmartPay. <laughs> like, seriously. That's, How is that possible? I don't know. Because, like, every yeah, I mean, well, I ride with you a lot. We we kind of share our territory right now. You have to. You're his driver. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You're my driver. That's true. Yeah. But I ride with you a lot, and every time we go somewhere, it's like, uh, you're working for who? Like, it's like I heard that tonight. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. There was, uh, I don't know what, we had 12, 15 guys got together tonight. Yeah. yeah. Went out to eat. Um, one of them's like, what? You're in the rent dome business? Yeah, people don't know that you're not trucking anymore. Like, I mean, see, that, I, that, now that's one candle I did put out. Um, hopefully this time I burned it all the <laughs> way through. And got rid of it? But, yes, currently not trucking. My DOT numbers is pretty much on a shelf, expired, done. For the first time in 28 years, I don't have a commercial policy for a truck. Dude. I had a nightmare last night. Facebook Marketplace went down. I couldn't sell anything. It was crazy. It's like the brick and mortar days? Dude, yes. Like, I had to wait for people to just come in. I couldn't. There wasn't anything I could do. When did you have this dream? Last night. I had a dream last night, too. Really? Imagine this. Metropolis, Illinois, 2021. My cousin Andy comes running in through the door. (laughs) He's like, we got a hot one on the line. I think they're looking for a 10 by 16 utility, but they can't find inventory anywhere. What'd you do? They don't know where to go. Well, luckily for me, I can go to shedsforsale.com. Go where? Shedsforsale.com. What is that? It's like a online marketplace where you can list all your inventory. Seriously? Yeah. It's like Facebook, basically Facebook Absolutely, marketplace. Yeah. You just take pictures and post it on there. Dealers, manufacturers, all alike. They can, look, they can just list their inventory on there. What's it called again? Shedsforsale.com. 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 So, shedsforsale.com. Shedsforsale.com. Awesome.
Um, so, and I actually feel pretty good about that. Do you? Yeah. I was going to ask you, because you say that, like, your entire, well, for the past almost 15 years or so, I guess, that you wake up every morning, and if it's if it's raining or if it's, you know, you feel like you're going to have a bad day because you got to. But, yeah, you got to move sheds in the rain. Yeah. Because I never was one of those that didn't move sheds because it was raining. But now now you don't have to do that. You still find yourself looking at the weather and seeing. Oh, I do. I still look at the weather. Um, my wife will tell you that if you want to know what the weather's going to do pretty much anywhere in the U.S., just find out because I look at it pretty religiously two, three times a day. But – but to not have it tied, like, well, this morning, you know, you wake up, oh, huh, it's raining. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I I, kind of identify you still as like that holler blood. Like, I feel like that comes, for me, that comes out very, very much in you whenever we're like, if it's just me and you. Or if we're talking or, or, you know, we've shared some stuff about family and, and different mm-hmm. things like that and just kind of getting to know you a little bit better. But, uh, I mean, I, I feel like you bleed shed hauling, definitely. There's no doubt in my mind that you you have a absolute joy when you talk about it and when you meet with the 12 to 15 guys and things like that. Like you uh, – it, it's – I don't know how to explain it. It's a, it's a baseball player in his element a basketball player in his element it it you gravitate toward it very naturally mm-hmm. like that'll never be like out of your blood i don't think um i could be wrong <laughs> so probably not so I've, I've been around you long enough sam to to hear some crazy stories about hauling uh about sales about whatever give can you give the <clears throat> listeners one of your stories, um, whether it be about sheds, hauling, life, whatever it is, you shouldn't give me so many options. Oh, give us, give us, give us your best one that won't get you thrown in prison for for saying anything <laughs> crazy. Well, my my best story by far is not a shed hauling story. Okay, let's hear it. Um, some of y'all that follow me on Facebook um, see some of my stories on there. And I had one on there that uh, I called the flat better that I got quite a bit of flack about because it's just pretty brutally life. It's about life, and it's about what you deal with some days. And I have another one that I haven't shared yet about pulling refrigerated produce into New York City that got pretty bad. Um. And the one I shared about where I didn't even have a driver's license, and I drove all night to Tampa in my brother's rig, that was pretty cool. But my favorite hauling story is actually when I was hauling crushed cars. And uh, so, yes, hauling's in my blood. It's just I've kind of got to where shed hauling is like the best of it. But the greatest story is – when we were hauling crushed cars, we're the reason you're not allowed to do that anymore. <laughs> That's about the way it goes. Um, I, I've also shared with a couple of my, some of my Facebook friends and all my personal friends know that there was two older gentlemen 
down in uh, when we still lived in Georgia and I was trucking down there that they were both, when my dad passed away, they both stepped up big in being a dad in my life. And they were both truck drivers. And I'd always looked up to them and we would sit around and talk trucking all the time. Every Saturday that I was home, I I was out more than they were, but yeah, it was tough. But we were uh, one of them. They're both gone now too. Um, but one of them and I were coming across Alabama on a, not an interstate, but it was a four-lane highway. We were hauling crushed cars. You had like six in each stack. They'd smash them flat and keep stacking them up, you know, and you'd haul them down the road. Now you have to cover them up. Back then we didn't have to cover them. And uh, we were running a little faster than we were supposed to be running. And uh, – I was, for some reason, I was always the poor guy that was in the front. We called it running the front door. And somebody keep the back door shut, and I'll keep the front door open. That's the way we, that's trucking. And uh, Paul come on the radio, and he's like, uh, Deacon, you got blue lights coming, and they're coming quick. And I was like, okay. I'd, he was far enough behind me that I couldn't see him or any blue lights. And I waited about two or three minutes. And I'm like, I don't see any blue lights. He's like, yep, I see them. He just ran over something in the road. And I'm like, "Uh, are you going to stop and help him? He's like, nope, don't think so. He said, but that refrigerator that was in the back car fell out and he hit that thing. (laughs) And the front of his car was completely caved in. His hood was up over the back of him. And I have no idea how fast he was going when he come by Paul, but um, some say divine intervention comes in strange ways, and I tend to agree. Even in Frigidaire's. Even in Frigidaire's falling out of a crushed car trunk. So I don't think I'll go to jail for that one. Yeah. So I want to put you on the hot seat and see if we get a few answers here. I mean, I think there's some haulers that might know the answers. Probably been debated, but maybe if we if we say, "Hey, we've got him cornered here," where where he's going to answer. What's the uh, what's the preferred method of hauling? Is it going to be semi? Is it going to be pickup? The advice from the great Sam Ambassador. Well, it's not just a semi or any semi. It's got to be a W9 Kenworth. W9 That's how you haul sheds. That's right. And if you're going to use a pickup, what what type of truck are you going to use? One with four wheels. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I was just trying to see if you would say Dodge, if that was going to be the... Well, that's the obvious answer. I mean, you know... So I remember back when I was a kid, you know, my mom used to tell me, you should drink water, it's good for you. And I'd be like, I don't need what's good for me. Well, that's like hauling sheds. Everybody should haul sheds with dodges, but not everybody has to have the best. I figured I figured we'd try to get something on the record, which I'm sure that's probably been said before, but still interesting. That, you know, that's that's the... 
I was going to say the second coolest thing about the bash, but it might actually be the coolest thing about the bash. When you're out there, and, and it's hard for me to do when I've, when I've got everything going on and I feel like I can't take time to just stop. Like I want to just put life on pause and be able to go through the whole bash, talk to everybody, and then hit play and let it go again. There's never enough time. And one of the biggest things that aggravates me is when I find out that somebody was there and they didn't come up and talk to me. And and their reason, all 100% the reason always is, well, you were busy. And I absolutely hate that because I never want to be so busy that I can't take 30 seconds and shake somebody's hand, find out who they are, and tell them thank you for being there. Um. But what I was getting at was the second greatest thing, but arguably the greatest thing about the bash is the rigs and being able to see what other guys run, what they're doing. And you know what works in – we're in Texas. What works in Texas does not work in Virginia. What works in Virginia doesn't necessarily work in Illinois. Um so everybody's always constantly looking for the perfect rig. Yeah. But the perfect rig is what works for you. It's all there about the go. driver. Yeah, you heard it there. I mean, I would I would agree with that. Uh I can attest to the busyness too. Um I remember when me and Kyle put a, a banquet on one time for um we were trying to raise awareness for like faith based rehabilitation and we had like a like a 500 seat you know banquet and mm-hmm. <laughs> at the end of the night and at the beginning of the night even it's hey shannon hey kyle hey shannon hey kyle and you're trying to figure this out we were, we were going to do a podcast with you and jason and it's like 11 o'clock at night at the bash and we're hanging around to see and me and kyle said no hey we get we got to just wrap this up let's go there I, were guys, i would have done it for I the record you, i know I know you would have. There were guys not realizing that, like, I was hearing the name Sam 30 times in a minute. Hey, Sam, what do I need to do here? Hey, Jason. Hey, Sam. Hey, Jason. And neither one of you that I saw lost your cool in the process of any of it. You answered the question. You just kind of put your head down and said, yeah, go do this. Go, You know what I mean? Try to go here. You were trying to direct traffic, but you are doing it kind. But I could sense – like, I was anxious for you because I was like, oh, my goodness, I remember that moment where you're like the, the face that people recognize. So they ask you on every little detail, you know, part, they're trying to be helpful. It's yeah. not because they're helpless. They're trying to be helpful, but they just kind of want that guidance to say, you know, what do we need to do? Yeah, what, are we doing? what do we need to do over here? I'll, I'll, give me direction. Yeah. I'll follow it well. Yeah. I'll go get it done, but I need someone – but I, it was, and I said, hey, let, you know, I think me and Kyle made the decision. Let's wrap this stuff up. Let's catch them another time. Yeah. Because, man, these guys are busy. Yeah. yeah. So. It's I, it's kind of a shame, though, because it would have been phenomenal to do it there. Yeah. It would have been cool. Just in the moment. It's a lot of fun. We just finally wrapped up, Aaron, yeah, some of the was, episodes from, from that 
Yeah, like, yeah I know. Days. The bash has been going for three months. <laughs> <laughs> We're at the 2021 bash. Yeah, you're still hearing episodes come out. We're at the 2021 Chetler bash in yeah. New Holland, Pennsylvania. So the I, cool thing about it is I can hear myself yelling on the megaphone in the yeah. background. Yeah, <laughs> there is a couple of those. <laughs> so I know, I know, like, I knew your shed liberty status, you know, like I, I knew that you were like this, this guy that people looked up to, but when I went to the bash and we went to the Pine Hill banquet the night before your status, like went higher than I ever thought it was, man. Like there were people waiting in line to talk to you just to, just to get a couple seconds. He's too humble to talk. I know. He's he's getting a little red. I don't know if he's mad or if he's. If he's I don't think he's mad. I, <laughs> I think he's a bit embarrassed. But no, and I remember telling Shannon, "I'm like, look at this. There's there's like six guys around him, and there's six guys waiting in line to talk to him. It's like, wow. I mean, like, I think people like you know people do appreciate your opinion. Yes, I think that you sort of connect with people. Um, through Facebook, through your live videos, through your your mm-hmm. just being who you are. But yeah, um, for me, you took you were already like at this this shed liberty status, to, but it went to like. Do we do we need a new category? I think we might like a super star shed liberty. I don't know what you would call that. Like it's there's there's shed liberties and then there's Sam. You could just call me Shaq Liberty. Shaq Liberty. Yeah, think about it. So that's um, in the shed hauling world. There's the term that we sling shacks, mm-hmm. um, and there's shack. Like, how many guys do you know that literally are known by a nickname, Shack? Everybody knows who Shack was. Yeah. Um, so you can just call me a Shack Liberty. So Shaq then I'm Liberty. kind of a rinky dink shed Liberty, but at the same time it kind of puts me there in my come. own little spot. There you go. That works. So, do you want to hear about the the Sam Ambassador thing? That's you know one of those things where somebody was poking fun at me one night, and I I basically just turned that around on them. Let's hear it. They were like, "Well, no, I mean that's that's somebody was like, well, you know, you're like you're like the ambassador to the shed industry," and I'm like, "Oh, that's kind of cool because that's kind of the way I look at Christianity. We're ambassadors. That's what we should be." Um. I don't always do the best job at it, but I've always felt like an ambassador is someone that goes outside of his country to show his country's good. And I've always been more evangelical than I have been discipleship. Like, there's plenty of people in the world to take care of other Christians. Yeah. I'm more interested in going out and finding more Christians. That's the ambassador. So they were like, somebody was like, yeah, he's like, you know, you, you're, he's, he's like the ambassador for the shed industry. And, and somebody smart, you know, punny. Somebody who thought he's very punny is like, yeah, it's like Sam ambassador. And it's like, you know what? You can either embrace it and run with it or you can fight them the rest of your life because it's not going. Away. That sounds like a Mott's Weaver comment. Is I won't it? give him the credit for it. Okay. <laughs> But he doesn't get the blame, so that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. So 
Next question, hot seat question. I want to know, inquiring minds want to know, are you writing a book at some point? I think, that is, I think we want a book. That is a good question. I'm, I, I actually have a daughter that has a degree in writing. And she she's like... Uh, I think she's on her third book. And she takes all my stuff and chews it up so bad that I'm not, I don't like it anymore when she's done with it. But it, she calls it her editing skills. And <laughs> I think if we ever get to terms to where we can agree with each other, then it might happen. Um, she thinks maybe I'm better off going outside the family and finding somebody to do it. But at the end of the day, she definitely makes me better and helps a lot of my stuff. I don't know. Tales from Sam Bassett. I think it'd be great. I mean, I, I think you have an extraordinary like ability to communicate with people also through your writing. Um, and when you put something out on Facebook, um, I'm always sure to read it. I, I, I typically, um, I think you and Richard, both put put things out somewhat regularly that I'll I'll read the entirety of it mm-hmm. almost every time and sometimes just kind of chew on it a little bit and and try to pick it apart a little and see where you're going with it but uh, it's always very interesting like I love to hear your take on things and a lot of times you'll relate it definitely to the shed industry or you'll take what's mm-hmm. it, the the overtone would be from the shed industry or what you were doing on a job or. Um, and you'll relate it to life. So what you're really doing is, it's like you said, it is very evangelical, and that you're trying to reach mm-hmm. the, the masses through your through your stories. Um, yep. And 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 it it's sort of parabolistic. Like you you kind of like I noticed that uh, um, you you ask like you know we we talk all the time about you know asking questions in sales, and you ask questions very inquisitively. And it's a very natural thing for you to ask questions and verify what the other person's saying. And mm-hmm. uh, like you, you write like you talk and people appreciate that, I think, you know. So, yeah, there's probably a need for like the editing and and all of and cleaning it up and making it tidy and, and all of that. But also think what comes across is that realness whenever you write because um, it sounds like you talking. Yes, and, and I can almost I read I read your post in your voice. That's that's something that's always been important to me in my writing. So the reason I like to write is because I won't leave details out. The hardest thing about writing is to not get in a hurry. Like some of my stuff, when it comes, I I literally here's the other funny thing: I do all my writing on my phone. I don't use my laptop or desktop or something where you got a fancy QWERTY keyboard or nothing. I'm doing it on my phone. Uh-huh. And I'll do 1,800 words in a couple hours on my phone. That's another thing my daughter thinks I'm crazy about. But it's when it's, when it's right, it's right, and you just flow, and it just you just write it. But you have to take the time to do it slow enough to where you get the details in that count. And I love doing my stories live, but when you do them live, you tend to 
you'll you'll skip over something quicker or it it doesn't quite like when I write it out I can go back in three paragraphs before and like oh yeah I kind of forgot about that and add that in you know and the other thing you have with writing I think a little more than you do if you're doing it vocal whatever you call that is you your your artistic flair works a little better I don't know if that makes sense or not. No, it it, it does. Um, the artistic flair, the license for it. Yeah, so no, to I, I, to, I I totally get it. I, I like to, I like to write. Um, it's slowing it's slowing my mind down enough yes. to get the story yep. out the way I want. It's uh, you know, here we are doing a podcast, and you go, oh well, I don't want to. I don't want to slip up in a in a moment's notice, but mm-hmm. even in this short time that we've been doing this, I've had so many rabbit trails already that I'm like, oh, I want to ask this or ask that, and if I don't write it down, I'll I'll forget. Um, this was on a on a whim, so I didn't get to prepare thoroughly. Yeah, but uh, so yep. and that's what I like best is sometimes just a real conversation where you can sit down and say, hey. I want to know about you. I want to know about you, you know, how it's related mm-hmm. to the shed world. But um, that's that's sort of what we were talking about today, wasn't it? Was like it's not just about sheds or, or shaking sheds or building sheds. Like it's really about people. And um, someone could get mixed up in, in reading, you know, a, a shed magazine, listening to a shed podcast, and not realize that it's not always about the shed. I mean, it is. That's central to everything, mm-hmm. but it's the people that you meet. It's the moments of almost ministry that you get to experience and be part of, whether it be praying for a customer on a lot or helping out a brother in need and, and, and easier quote unquote competition. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so much more than that. And, and when you realize that that's what you're doing, it's, it's bigger than just than just sheds and that sounds so cliche but it really is the truth mm-hmm. even behind the scenes so what i what i appreciate most about you sam is you are the same person that you are on facebook in real life yeah with no <laughs> like, one around like yeah, you're hanging out yeah, yeah. that could and, be a bad thing well <laughs> i didn't say it was a good thing i just said you're the same person um but what 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 i what i what I've enjoyed most about our time as, as you know, your driver um, <laughs> is just the, the conversations in the car about life, about, you know, family, about God, about uh, music, like just, just everything, man. Like, um, I feel like, I feel like me, you, and Shannon both kind of have the same type of vision for this industry. We want to, um, <laughs> we want to further the industry and make it better, and um, we want to do that by, you know, getting people to work together, getting people to um, see the value in, um, quote unquote, their competition. Um, a rising tide lift, lifts all boats. Like, uh, that's what, that's what I've loved the most, man, about, you know, just our time together. And, um, mm-hmm. it's been, yeah, it's been fun. 
it's a cool thing to go out like we did tonight and just kind of shoot the breeze with with everybody and uh yeah I, I don't know man you've been building that for a long time um kudos to you for definitely everything that you have done if it means me riding coattails um i'm, I'm happy to do it just so you know because it's by, by all means it's it's been fun to me i've met some really cool people in this industry absolutely and it's it's yep. it's, a, it's a lot of fun and, and where else is it left to go because I, I i don't think that this is the ceiling. I think there's so much no, more to go. And, yes. Uh, just blessed to be a part of it, man. Glad to meet you along the way on, on the journey. Like, I, you know, I wish you success, obviously, in, in everything that you do. And, and the more of it that I can be a part of and be helpful. Um, man, you've, you've definitely shown your true colors, as Kyle said to me, and um, behind closed doors. And, and I'm thankful for that. Me and my wife's struggles and, and things like that with her diagnosis and all that. And you were, <clears throat> I think you were one of the first first ones to give, you know, to that cause financially. And, uh, I mean, yeah, that, I mean, that, that, that kind of stuff chokes you up a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, to be honest with you. And I said, I don't know Sam well enough for him to, for him to give that to, to me financially. And, um, I need to quit doing that because that's not on me to mm-hmm. to judge who right. you know should be given and what they should give. But just know that it's uh, it's very much appreciated, and, and what you do for the industry. And gosh, man, I don't know. I don't know how else to end it other than to say thank you for everything that you do. I definitely have a friend with you, and I and I want that for a long time. Mm-hmm. So uh, thank you for finally doing the podcast. Yeah. Like took a I, while. I don't know if it's what you expected, but uh, at at twelve o'clock at no, it's at great. nine in, in Waco, Texas, this is what it was. So, so for the record, when you first come and said something to me about doing a podcast, I don't know if you remember my response or not, but I was like, Psh, "Yeah, podcasts." Like you said, you I don't mean. even listen to any podcasts. <laughs> I I I found one uh, podcast that had a connection to the shed industry and I listened to it and listened to it and went back and listened to some more. And after about four or five times, it was just like, this, this just isn't me. It's like, it's worse than TikTok. which if you follow me on Facebook, you know, it's pretty bad. <laughs> um, TikTok and Snapchat. I just have, Zero tolerance. Somewhere right next to zero four. Yeah, I don't know. I don't but, have all my. I but had I have but. to uh, to see what you guys have been able to do in such a short time. Um, it's going to be a little bit hard to carry that momentum on through. And it's like you said. Was it today? You said something about you know when you start out at the top. Where do you go from there? Mm. I'm rewording what you said. You did. That's not what you said. But it's. Uh, it's it's hard to keep following up, but one of the things that this industry offers is there is a pile of great people out there that you haven't even met yet. Yeah, um, I'm just gonna give a shout out to Jim. You know, you just the guy lives next door to one of you. <laughs> yeah, you just met him the other day. Yeah, and Jim Coleman is a phenomenal guy to hang out with. I met him at the MBSRA a couple of years ago and got to chat with them. And there again, we've been friends on Facebook for a while. And uh, 
yeah, we'll get off on a whole separate set if we go down this road. But yeah, it's the what you guys are doing with this is we'll look back in ten years and say that was a that was a moment in the shed industry where it changed for the good. Well, we we don't take that lightly by any means because uh, I mean this is where we find our home, and we do love we do enjoy this honestly. Yeah. I know you do. Like it's not uh it's not both of you guys like to talk. <laughs> if some one of us, us could just say something. Some of us more than others. <laughs> you know well, uh, you're just the driver. That's right. <laughs> know your place, Kyle. Shut up, chauffeur. <laughs> hey, hey, go get the car warmed up. Shut up. <laughs> to, to just don't you, lose the key fob. Uh come on. I had to kill myself trying to find that thing. I, I have this joke all the time where I with my with my wife, you know, like she'd drag me out of church, say he won't quit talking, and always make the joke that says, "Well, you don't blame those those other guys for continuing to listen, do you?" <laughs> what are they going to do? <laughs> They're just too polite. <laughs> oh, I got to say one more thing before we end this. I know. Um, <laughs> captive audiences. I don't know how many of y'all are familiar with that term or not, but that uh, for years. I was accused of being, well, my family called me a motor mouth. And they were my captive audience. They couldn't get away from me. And I was, surprisingly, believe it or not, I was a shy kid. Me too. Um, But to the people that knew me, I was right the opposite. I was obnoxious and talked all the time. Same. So, yeah, there you have it. So I was called Motormouth, Preacher Man, and all the stuff, you know, when I was a kid. And uh, so when I got into prison ministry, I used to always get accused of, well, yeah, that's easy to do. Where are they going to go? <laughs> and and I always said that, you you know, you can, you can make a living being a musician two different ways. You can get people to pay you to listen, or you can get people to pay you to leave. So you don't when they clap for you, you don't know if they're clapping because they enjoyed it or they're clapping because you're done. So that's that's rolled over into my philosophy in the shed industry too. I've I've kind of got a little bit of a captive audience, and when you use a podcast like this, you can just do it that way, and they can't say anything about it. That's right, Hebrews. So there you go, Hebrews thirteen three says, "Be with those in prison as though you were in prison yourself." That's right. Be with those mistreated as though you were mistreated. I love that you have a heart for prison ministry, making men better, better people. But uh, yeah, same way, man. I was a bit of a introvert whenever I was young, but I was very extroverted if I got to know you and if I was comfortable yep. with you. Um, I've sort of taken that and just moved it forward. I know all the sayings, you know. Lord gives you two two mm-hmm. ears and one mouth, and you should be a better listener than a talker. And you know. Um, don't don't always be the one to uh, talk in a in a room full of people and you know I, I I know all of those things. Um, I have listened a lot. I do listen to a lot. Oh yeah, you know, and uh, I I try to I try to judge. You know, I try to like know my place in the crowd. It's like when's the time I should be speaking and when's the time I should be listening. The podcast really gives me an opportunity to say, uh, drown out all the noise. Say what's on your heart. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just so happens that I've I've had the fortune to be able to talk about 
ministry, mm-hmm. whether it be prison ministry, addiction ministry. I can I can talk about those. I can talk about the shed industry. I can mm-hmm. talk about, you know, my wife's battle with cancer. I can talk about whatever whenever I get on here. And it's still relatable, even though we're talking about sheds. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite comments was a was a, a um, young lady on on Facebook who said uh, after our second episode, "I don't even care about sheds, but I love this podcast." That's right. Yeah, that was better than mm-hmm. any yep. kind of feedback we could have got about yep. just a shed. For the for the record, whenever Shannon brought the uh, podcast idea up to me. I did not want to do it. Like, not that I didn't want to do the podcast. I didn't want to be talking. And I remember telling them, yeah, I'll help you marketing behind the scenes, but mm-hmm. I'm not getting on the show. I'm not going to talk. There's not going to well, be Well, that's anything. what I told him, too. Yeah. I said he'll never get me to do one. Well, here we are. <laughs> yep. It's easy to uh, It's easy to talk about life, though, like whenever you yep. really allow yourself to be vulnerable in that moment and just uh, – and do that and certainly well i would say one thank you for first of all being vulnerable and getting on the show and being a co-host with me you do a far better job than what you'd give yourself credit for ever because you're so humble but two i'm the most humble person i know (laughs) (laughs) no you're not you know me it's just And the the other is the you know most of the reason for the success we have had is because of your remark remarkable marketing capabilities too, so we don't need to you know count that out for any reason. We can sit here and talk all day long, but you've you've been tremendous, more valuable than than anything in making this come together, um, and and credit should be given for that. Um, but as far as like Sam, you know, getting on here, yeah, you you were like, no, I've been asked two or three times, and I'm not going to do it. I have been, and yeah. I didn't know at the moment. I was like, he might not, he might not ever do it. Maybe it's going to take a year or two or well, whatever to get him. But it took his driver to convince him. <laughs> <laughs> I said I'm not taking anywhere else. Let's <laughs> get on the podcast. So the bad thing is now those other guys are going to hear this and they're going to be like, all right, now you have to be on ours. Yeah, and I'm going to be like, nope. Forget those people. <laughs> I don't know who these people are, but for for the record, I think we all agree that we we sheds is just our vehicle, yeah, to do life. Um, even our good boss man Dave Miller, he says we're just happen to be in the rent home business. Yeah, um, we want to do a good job no matter yes. what we're doing. We just have to job. be doing a good job in that's the rent home right. business. Yep, and I like that. I think yeah. that's that's a big deal. So, yeah, I enjoyed it. Great, great Thanks, time. Sam. Appreciate you. Appreciate you being on, man. Looking forward to many more years Absolutely. to working with you. Yep. Here's to the shed industry. Today's episode was brought to you by ShedsForSale.com. ShedsForSale.com will be the shed industry's only comprehensive website for buying and selling sheds online. While social media such as Facebook Marketplace and standalone dealer websites have their place in this industry, ShedsForSale.com will be easier to use and provide higher local visibility for dealers and their associated manufacturers. Let the shed industry's strength in numbers drive traffic to your place of business through ShedsForSale.com. Sheds don't sell themselves, but ShedsForSale.com does. To sign up, visit the website ShedsForSale.com and watch for updates. 
To know more about SheddsForSale.com, ask a geek or stop by the Sheds for Sale booth at this year's Shed Expo. Welcome back to another episode of the Shed Geek Podcast. This is Mo Lunsford of Union Grove Lumber. We would like to welcome you to the Union Grove Lumber Studios. Hey, we're this year's studio sponsor. And this is your host, Shannon Latham. Here at the Shed Geek Podcast, we give you education you can use and entertainment you need. 